Advice with SAP enables you to transform your business holistically on your terms and on your timeline. You choose the strategy that's right for you while SAP and partners join forces to provide you with a guided transformational journey. Which is why I'm excited to welcome Enrico Schuck to our podcast today as he is a pro at explaining Rise with SAP in simple terms with easy to understand practical use cases. Enrico is a homegrown SAP talent and began his SAP career as a working student. SAP recognized his talents and passion for sales and offered him a role in S4 HANA specialized sales. In parallel, he pursued a full-time master's program in supply chain and logistics while he was also working full-time and completed the program as the best student of his class. Since then, Enrico worked his way up to the role of Rice with SAP Demand Generation Lead for Middle and Eastern Europe with a dedicated focus on the mid-market. And in a full-circle moment, Enrico currently leads a team of 15 working students. As always, my name is Akshimola and you're listening to SAP Experts Podcast. Welcome Enrico to the SAP Experts Podcast. Lovely to have you here with us today. Hello Akshi, the pleasure is all mine. So, Enrico, you are the Rise with SAP Demand Generation Lead for Middle and Eastern Europe, MEE, and your focus is on the mid-market. So, right off the bat, with the very first question, I want to throw a challenge your way by playing a game of Mythbusters. So, are you ready? For sure. Let's start. I can hardly wait. Wonderful, wonderful. So, myth number one. Naysayers would dismiss Rise with SAP, the whole concept, as just another marketing gimmick. They would say that, hey, this has no tangible benefits, no strategic differences from what SAP has always done. There's nothing new here, nothing to see here. So for our audience, bust this myth. Yeah, actually, let me try it with one summarizing sentence. The RISE product bundle combines the most important SAP core products, let's say tools, and the premium service from a single source to accelerate the customer's business transformation to the intelligent enterprise. And this, regardless of the startup situation or complexity, sounds a lot like marketing, I know, but we need to briefly look into each single RISE ingredient to understand the practical benefits for the customers. Absolutely. I loved hearing that we need to look into every ingredient to understand the practical benefits. So let us jump into the ingredients. I am a big fan of easy to digest examples. So why don't you go ahead and share an example with us so that customers can get motivated, even partners, to start seeing and reaping those near-term ERP transformation benefits. Yes, of course, actually. The heart of the Rise with SAP offering is definitely S4HANA and the cloud. And S4HANA gives the customers real-time insights into their business operations and enables them to respond to changes in demand with maximum agility and to ensure sustainable competitive advantages. The decisive statement is insight to action. So our customer should know even today 
what their end customers will be aiming to buy tomorrow. Um, every manager can monitor the relevant KPIs on the home screen in real time. And due to our innovative user interface, namely SAP Fiori, it is easily accessible via internet browser or even from mobile devices, you know it. So our engine is the in-memory HANA database, which makes transactions and customer-specific analysis a thousand times faster than conventional databases. And the customer always benefits from newest technologies like real-time analytic functions, artificial intelligence, and also further automations. That sounds fantastic. And that actually brings me to my myth number two, which might be the last for a minute or so. We might bring them back again. So you can always be ready and you can always be on the edge of your seat. But you said that S4 HANA Cloud forms the heart of the RISE program. And that part I agree with. That part is not a myth. But the myth part is some may say that S4 HANA Cloud always means standardization and they might the customer might feel that well our business is very niche this might not be for us so is that true is it really all standardization is it really all one size fits all yeah frankly speaking this is not correct for sure we as sap highly recommend staying as close to sap standard as possible this enables customers to conduct release upgrades, stay up to date, and also benefit from newest innovations. SAP S4HANA Public Cloud is close to standard. Yes, that's true. And represents the strongest driver for innovation. In contrast to this, customers can also decide for the S4HANA Private Edition in the RISE package. And this, this is very important because the Private Edition offers the full on-premise functionalities. Mm -hmm. The customer keeps the IT governance. It can be ideally implemented on the customer's preferred hyperscaler infrastructure, and you can even fulfill brownfield approaches with modifications. So just one fundamental point to add, in the private edition environment, the customers will get four personal contact persons from SAP. Mm. And this SAP team leads um, to, to, yeah, let's say a decisive relief of the customer. They will provide business and also technical guidance. They yeah, coordinate the project in alignment with a partner. And the big goal is to create, let's say, a magical triangle consisting of customer, SAP and partner. But let me shortly stress one important aspect for our listeners again. Our S4HANA public cloud is the recommended journey for the future. Meanwhile, we have live customers across all industries, and this is the future way to operate end-to-end -end business processes with maximum automation and also continuous innovation. And if the current public cloud functionalities are not sufficient for the customer requirements, we can always always use the business technology platform for extensions. This is, by the way, a very promising possibility also for SAP partners to create unique selling points by means of industry-specific applications. Wow, wow. So that's a lot of good information. Even I'm trying to digest it right here. But something that really stood out to me is what you said about the magic triangle. You know, when it comes to digital transformation, 
a lot of companies are like, well, this all sounds fantastic, but am I supposed to do this all by myself? And you brought in that, no, this is teamwork. We have partners to help out. We have SAP to help you out in your journey. And of course, most importantly, that yes, uh, there is a standardization of the solution. Yes, that, that exists, but that does not make it one size fits all. We can meet you there where you need to be. We can meet our customers there. And that actually brings me to the modular aspect of RISE. Because, you know, you say that s hana is the heart. Well, heart has a body, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so RISE offerings include much more than s hana including this cloud solution. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Yes, indeed. But I would like to clearly highlight that no customer would decide for RISE with SAP if they are not striving for a new ERP system. Mm. And the further RISE ingredients are exciting and helpful as well, but most components represent appetizers and not complete further SAP solutions, to be honest, at this point. Oh, okay. Well, that's a very interesting take because, you know, uh, the way when you were saying that uh, the image in my mind was that of a relay race, you know, in Olympics, we need all parts. Uh, you know, you can have individually good runners. You will not win the race with that. We need all of the components in harmony, passing the baton to each other. And that's what I think when I think of the modular solutions. So yes, you don't need the s hana aspect, but the modular solutions as well, passing the baton together, getting work done. So with that said, ERP transformation is a major part, as you said. So what value does that offer to our installed base clients? And how do we motivate them for the near-term business transformation? Because we don't want them to feel like, okay, they're giving me a new fancy toy. You know, what is it really for me benefit-wise, business benefit-wise specifically? So tell us more about that. Yes, a very, very good question. You can definitely benefit from business process intelligence as part of Rise with SAP to benchmark your business processes with reference customers. In this context, you can identify possible process optimizations through the S4HANA conversion and measure these improvements directly in a monetary way. Put simply, BPI, so business process intelligence, is kind of insurance for your S4HANA project because it really quantifies the possible process optimizations and, as a control instrument, demonstrates the effectiveness of the conversion project. Um, yeah, you can directly evaluate which dedicated business processes can be accelerated with a step towards S4HANA and which amount of money could be saved over the years. This will help you to motivate your workforce and convince the management of a near-term S4HANA transformation. Recently, this free-of-charge starter package has been expanded and is also applicable for potential new clients. And this is also very important. Because apart from the process discovery part, you can now benefit from first process modeling possibilities via Signario as well. Moreover, um, we have also included technical services and tools which simplify the conversion for an installed base client from the current ECC system to S4HANA. And these tools enable our customers to identify individualizations, evaluate potential for automation, and also analyze 
their current migration readiness. So after using these tools, actually, you know more about the necessary homework which needs to be done before a potential, yeah, let's say brownfield conversion approach. Absolutely. And my mind is still stuck on free of charge starter package. <laughs> uh, so speaking of free of charge, I like free. I'm sure our customers would also enjoy free. But you know, you mentioned this being available to new customers as well. Of course, you know, we love our install based customers. They have been with us, our SAP shops, but the new folks, what is in it for them? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the following rice components now are advantages for install based clients, but as well as for new customers. They all receive an included credit volume for using the business technology platform. And the business technology platform is kind of a SAP port. It's the big SAP harbor where we can combine all data, processes, and systems. And BTP, so um, the business technology platform, enables our clients to implement also enhancements, develop their own apps, and integrate with other SAP and non-SAP solutions. And with the integrated BTP credit volume in Rise with SAP, you can test first extensions and integrations. To mention an example, you can use the free credit BTP volume, for example, to increase the process efficiency by means of process automations. In this context, you could, um, yeah, for example, automate payment data approvals and the document processing with the help of machine learning. And I love hearing about the business technology platform and how that can act as a hub. And speaking of hub, kept reminding me of my procurement background, right? <laughs> and when it comes to procurement, what held everything together was the business network, formerly known as the Ariba business network. You know, only yesterday I was talking to uh, a big four client and I was uh, telling them about how our inbox becomes a supplier's outbox, how their inbox becomes our outbox. And we have the seamless collaboration of documents back and forth with our business partners. Network is a glue that holds the collaboration between business partners. So where do the networking products fall in the rise picture? Yes, um, the startup packages of the networking products um, yeah, are fundamental aspects of Rise with SAP. These appetizers will deliver exciting insights into a digitized network for, a, let's say, consistent collaboration across companies with homogenous data. So you can communicate with the relevant stakeholders of your supply chain much easier and also faster. And in this context, you said it, Ariba offers a purchasing platform for an electronic and paperless processing from ordering to invoicing, including also functions of the supplier management as well. You can transparently monitor different purchasing channels like catalogs, tactical tenders, and also online orders. But secondly, the asset intelligence network is also very important because it provides direct insights into an intelligent asset control and monitoring with a direct ability to share yeah, transparent information with the involved companies. Simply put, Asset Intelligence Network is the Facebook, let's say, of assets and plans. We can create a digital twin of 
each single plant or production machine and communicate with the relevant manufacturers in a consistent way. You can check the performance of the individual machine, have insights into inspection windows, and also localize issues. So also quite interesting in the startup package. Lastly, the logistics business network enables you to determine the best freight costs in terms of freight logistics to communicate with the involved transportation partners in a direct way to stay informed about the location of the shipment, for example. So um, you can post a tender with specific requirements of a shipment like temperature, time, destination, and then transport companies can apply for the contract. So actually to put it in a nutshell, with Rise with SAP, you have the chance to become part of a huge business network to manage your entire supply chain in real time um, and to respond to changing market conditions as quickly as possible. Wow. Well, Enrico, I must say, I never thought of Asset Intelligence Network as the Facebook of assets and plans. But now that you say it, it makes so much sense. And I also like that you said that Rise with SAP, including all the networking solutions that we have, it becomes that one-stop shop to manage your entire supply chain. So that's powerful stuff. So with that, I actually want to throw another challenge your way. I want to switch gears and perhaps have a rapid fire question. So give me five greatest benefits of Rise with SAP in a nutshell and go. <laughs> okay, this is a great question, actually. Um, a big challenge for me. Give me a second. I would say the five biggest benefits might be, first of all, a decisive relief of the employees so they can concentrate more on the real value-adding tasks. Secondly, the simplification through the new harmonized data model and the network capabilities. Maybe also the acceleration due to the HANA database and connected systems. For sure, also the continuous innovations through embedded technologies and the per periodic uh, release upgrades. And last but not least, yeah, for sure, the better cost control and cost structure by means of the new flexible and scalable FUE pricing, you know, the full usage equivalents. Well done, well done, well done. When you were going over that, I was like frantically trying to note it down, make mental notes, actual notes uh, to be able to summarize. So, okay, five benefits. Uh, so relief of the employees, there's simplification in there acceleration due to our HANA database, uh, continuous improvement and cost control. Fantastic stuff. But one of the things that our customers would want to hear a lot about, which, you know, I, I'm former pre-sales and this is a topic I used to completely shy away from. And being pre-sales, we can. We don't have to talk about pricing. Every time the pricing, the P question used to come up, I used to say, well, talk to my account executive. Check the beautiful demo. Check the wonderful value that we have to offer. Look at the benefits. Want to talk pricing? I can have a general talk, but talk to the AE. But I know you're all about the sales, so I can bring that question <laughs> on to you. So speaking of that better cost control, which leads us you know, to pricing, do your customers in mid-market love this discussion as well? And how do you handle that? 
I totally agree with you. Sometimes in a customer meeting, you know, I have not even pronounced my full name during the round of introduction. And the client says, and what about the price? SAP is certainly too expensive, too big right. for us as a mid-sized customer. Actually, mm -hmm. I hope we have several listeners from the mid-market today and we could clear up this misunderstanding. You know what? I would personally love that a lot. Perfect. So frankly speaking, I can fully understand the argumentation of our customers. If I stuck in customers' shoes, I would also strive for the best cost-benefit ratio in the market. I would also um, stress a certain price sensitivity for sure. That's clear. And I would definitely try to avoid high initial capital expenditures as well. Concerning RISE with SAP, we are talking about a shift from CapEx to OPEX. This means that we are not facing high initial costs as in the past. You just need to pay continuous monthly operating fees and you can grow step-by-step adapted to your own business speed and success. As I said, the new SAP cloud currency is related to the so-called FUEs, the full usage equivalents, which include all relevant cost parameters. So like licenses, the maintenance, personal contact persons, yeah, also the hardware, and also the access to the relevant hyperscaler infrastructure. Our listeners probably know quite well that in the old on-premise world, you bought the classical, rigid, stiff users like the professional, the functional, and the self-service user. We were not able to exchange these users and the danger of shelfware over the years was very high in the past. Mm. If a user left the company in the past, maintenance still had to be paid for this unused license stock. In the RISE context now, customers just buy the FUEs and change them into the necessary user type in a flexible way. So consequently, all customers receive a continuous reconfiguration right between the users. Right, right. And what stands out to me in that is that they pay for what they will actually use. We don't want to sell something that nobody's going to use at the end of the day. So that's very, very important. Also, Enrico, on that note, folks always need to see it to believe it. And now we're on an audio-only format, so maybe they'll have to hear it to believe it. So could you perhaps provide some example scenarios of mid-sized companies which were able to reduce their total cost of ownership through Rise with SAP? Yes, absolutely. So in the meantime, we have several practical customer examples in the mid-market in Middle and Eastern Europe where Rise with SAP led to decisive cost savings. I know SAP and cost reduction together in one sentence that could sound strange for some of our listeners. But indeed, we, um, yeah, if we are facing certain leverage effects, in the customer case, RISE could be the preferable model for new customers, ECC install-based customers, and even S4HANA existing customers. These leverage effects are, for example, an additional software or hardware demand or an unused license stock, the so-called shelfware, as I said, in the case of installed-based clients. And in Q4 last year, we were able to close the private edition sales cycle of a new customer within 15 days due to providing maximum transparency with honest numbers. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> I, 
I know, seriously, <laughs> 15 days? <laughs> that actually sounds extremely fast. And our listeners would definitely be interested in how you provided the mentioned transparency and 15 days. I would, wow. Okay. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Tell us more about it. Yes, exactly. 15 days. And at SAP, actually, you probably know it, we have several TCO calculators to carry out a pure yep. cost comparison. Mm -hmm. Especially for the mid-market in Middle and Eastern Europe, we have created a new form to calculate the real cost-benefit ratio of private edition compared to on-premise over the next five years. We call it the RISE business calculator for the end customer, and it shows the naked truth concerning the business case. And um, yeah, to be honest, this business value calculator is very easy to handle with just a few input parameters and several default benchmarking values. The most important unique selling point of this cost-benefit comparison is the fact that we could also quantify the included added values of rice to have a valid cost comparison on one level. So apples with apples, because rice with SAP and private cloud edition is more than just on-premise hosting. In this context, we compared our private edition service catalog with the responsibility metrics of a typical S4HANA hosting offering. We have identified several performance gaps which we could successfully quantify. This approach leads to absolute honest numbers, full transparency, and I can say especially to more trust on the customer side. And this trustful relationship with our clients is fundamental to ensure ongoing customer satisfaction. And this is even more important than just closing cloud deals, you know? Right. So just to mention a few examples, our private edition already includes 44 basis activities in the standard contract, like client and system copies, or also the implementation of HANA add-ons and HANA hints. And moreover, the technical part of the release upgrades um, are also already included and covered. So all these basis activities had to be paid separately in an on-premise hosting offering. In addition to that, the customer relieves, yeah, let's say, a stronger support due to our SAP RISE team, mm -hmm. consisting of four personal SAP contact persons who lead to a certain relief um, of the customer. So consequently, we will also estimate the commercial benefits of this wider customer support together with our clients. So in a nutshell, we can create a real intelligent enterprise offering for the first time with very promising financial conditions and also very important maximum cost transparency. Very promising financial conditions. Yes, our customers would definitely like to know more about that. And if they would like to receive further insights into Rise with SAP and would like to perhaps create their own individual comparison with regards to TCO, what would be your recommendation? Yeah, since June 2021, we conduct RISE deep dive customer webinars for the mid-market in MEE, which are applicable for new customers as well as for installed base clients. The session is very interactive and the customers can provide further insights concerning their requirements due to personal surveys. 
And after the webinar, we can analyze the best fitting Esperana solution and concretize a cost-benefit ratio in a one-to-one follow-up meeting. The virtual event will be presented by my well-appreciated colleague, Rainer Eisel and me. Together, we are something like the RISE modern talking duo of SAP. Actually, you know modern talking from the 80s, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> so I may be the dark-haired guy because I'm better looking than Rainer. No, just kidding. Rainer's very charismatic. Choking aside, um, we have already conducted these two-hour-long RISE deep dive webinars in German and also in English and received outstanding feedback in the last months. So I'm rather embarrassed to say that we have a current recommendation rate of 96%, what is statistically almost impossible, but indeed, the customers really appreciate our honest way of talking and the easy to understand practical use cases. And any listener who is interested in participating in our webinars can reach out to me personally. I will provide the exact dates for the upcoming formats. And furthermore, I will also share our previous webinar recordings available, as I said, in English and German. And I will provide the relevant ERP survey to easily analyze the best fitting as for HANA solution for the individual customer requirements. Um, I would be very pleased, guys, if prospects around the world will reach out to me. And another very important hint from my side, please also check out the podcast episodes 82 and 83, where the well-appreciated value starter and the hypergrowth program have been explained, also very helpful in this context, actually. Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> I really appreciate you mentioning episodes 82 and 83 of SAP Experts Podcast. So yes, listeners, if you want to know more about where you can get your own personalized benefits case, that is uh, what we cover in those two episodes. We go through both the strategic aspect of it, as well as in episode 83, the uh, digitization aspect of it. So how this will be a one-stop shop and you will get your own personalized benefits case with the value starter. With that, uh, you also mentioned, Enrico, the webinars. Perhaps you could drop a few webinars in the show notes also so that the customers could check or whoever wants to look into it can uh, check those out as well. And of course, for more, they, they will reach out to you and I will be putting your links as well. But one of the things that stood out to me, Enrico, you were talking about modern talking from the 80s. And my initial reaction to that was I wasn't born yet, but you weren't either. <laughs> so, you know, just talking to you today, I can hear that you have uh, already gained a significant ERP expertise while being, I don't like to use the word early, but emerging talent. Uh, the reason why I don't like the word early, it's like sometimes I feel like it downplays what one has achieved, how far they have come. And I, I kind of identify with uh, emerging more as well, personally speaking. But you are still early-ish in your career, for the lack of a better word, and have garnered a certain level of expertise, made a brand for yourself, moved up, and now you are on your way or have already rather become a SAP heavyweight, no <laughs> pun intended. So what advice would you have for our listeners, especially early talent and emerging talent who want to develop a similar brand and a similar level of expertise? Yeah, thank you very much for these flattering words, actually. 
I really appreciate this question and I would like to motivate for adapting also my principles of success. And this applies for business as well as for sports and all other life goals. And in the following, I would like to quote a speech of Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, which became my own formative commitments. So first of all, I had to learn that success is always connected to extreme hard work. You need to work harder than your competitor to stay ahead. And for sure, this discipline is painful and it hurts every day again to keep on going, but especially in times of studying full-time, working in SAP sales in parallel, striving for your goals in sports, there is simply no time for party. So this was my red thread for weeks, even months in the last years. But each president in this world, each employee, each student has just 24 hours a day. You maybe sleep six hours and have 18 hours left. And probably some of you guys say, well, I need at least nine hours of sleep each day. But then just sleep faster, guys. <laughs> you can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in the pocket. And Muhammad Ali, one of my greatest heroes of all time, answered the question of how many sit-ups do you do with, I don't count my sit-ups, I only start counting when it starts hurting. So unfortunately, there is absolutely no way around hard, painful work. You can perfectly transfer this conclusion to business as well. Pain is temporary, bright is forever. So let me finish the question with one more fundamental advice. Each human being has dedicated strengths. So please, guys, trust in your talents and never be afraid to fail. So it is extremely important to be self-critical and to listen to feedback, but simultaneously ignore the naysayers who are not willing to change and break old-fashioned rules. Good. So I'm convinced, actually, you have also experienced exhausting times in your inspiring career so far. Am I right? <laughs> How much time do you have? But no, you, you do bring up a good point uh, that, you know, when one is a change maker, it can be hard to do, right? Because experience does matter, right? When somebody does have experience, when things are done a certain way, one cannot just walk all over it and say, hi, my name is Akshri and I am a change maker and I'm creative and I have all these wonderful ways of doing things. Well, yeah, great. But we have to also keep in mind the experience and say, okay, when do we change it? When do we need to change things? How do we go about it? All that has to be taken care of. And I have learned uh, through the process to also work with my strengths and to table it when sometimes tabling is needed. And one of the examples is this very podcast, right? Alexander Greb made a wonderful brand. He developed this audience. And when I was stepping into his shoes, that was hard. And the exhausting aspect came from within. I was like, okay, how do I follow with an example like that? Uh, that is a Herculean task. And while doing that, how do I also bring in a sense of authenticity? That it is still me, but it is also true to the original audience. And with that, I still play the balancing game. And hopefully the audience will let me know. They always have my email ID in the show notes. They can always reach out to me and let me know. But with all that said, being a mover and shaker is not easy, right? We often hear the experience says that if it's not broken, why are you fixing it? Why are you doing this? Uh, why can't we keep it the way things are? So perhaps you can share experiences with us 
where you had to fight for new innovative ways? Yes, thank you. And for sure, actually, let me answer this question. Really, honestly, I'm very proud to work for SAP. We have several channels to suggest innovative optimizations. Nevertheless, due to the size of SAP, it is sometimes very time-consuming to improve internal sales processes because of this huge bureaucracy. But let me build a bridge between my previous recommendation of breaking old-fashioned rules and my current position at SAP. Before the start of our Rise with SAP Student Task Force, Several managers told me it would be impossible to increase the sales pipeline just with working students. But it always seems impossible until someone does it. And now, five months after the initial kickoff, we have already overachieved our challenging annual targets tremendously and created valid rise opportunities in each relevant market unit in MEE. So we have hired students, very good students in Germany, Switzerland, Russia, and also the Eastern European cluster. Well, that sounds like a fantastic initiative. And uh, I can totally see why it works while getting them young and hungry, getting them to increase our pipeline. But I would like to ask and probe further into this, that how did your team approach this initiative? What did you do? What do you uh, still do differently that helped you achieve such near-term success with students? Hmm. Yeah, so first of all, I would like to emphasize that we invested several weeks and conducted a lot of job interviews to find adequate students for this position. We selected very hungry, ambitious, and extrovert students who are let's say, highly motivated to convince the C-level on customer side with an SAP offering that provides real benefits. I'm very, very proud of the students because they help each other each day, act with team spirit, and hunt for valid customer opportunities each single day. In this context, it was fundamental to educate the students with deep knowledge concerning RISE with SAP. And only when they believe in the benefits of RISE with SAP, they can help our clients with the right advices adapted to their requirements and challenges. And consequently, we created a six-week RISE deep dive bootcamp where the students received online live courses, RISE videos, and also further learning documents. Again and again, I played the role of the most critical CIO on this planet and confronted them with concerns and objections. And actually, believe me, if I can do things well, then it is playing the role of a really unsympathetic and highly critical CIO. So nowadays, the students always stress that I was the worst CIO they have ever talked to. No, definitely. And this took me back to my pre-sales academy days. And I can totally see the importance of having mock runs, having trial runs. I think it was a day before yesterday, I was listening to this uh, webinar from Wharton and it was with regards to stress, work stress. One of the recommendations was that more you put yourself in those situations, the more prepared you are to deal with when it is the actual situation. So the more you practice, uh, their, their particular topic was more on negotiations. The more you practice within the university environment, within a mock environment, within a peer environment, 
the less stressed out you will be. So, which is why uh, I can totally see you being the worst CIO and giving <laughs> them such a hard time actually works. You know, one of my mo- mottos, personal mottos is stay humble, hustle hard. And this entire program that you have set up, I think that could be the motto of that entire program as well. You know, getting them hungry, training them, working hard so that when you're facing the real C-suite, you're not all that nervous. With that said, once the training aspect is done and over with, how do we, uh, how do they rather reach out to the C-level folks on the customer side? I mean, is it a more formalized way of doing it or could it also look like reaching out on LinkedIn or social media? Yes, absolutely. So we combine inbound and outbound approaches. These days, it is essential to use promising social media networks like LinkedIn to get in touch with customers. Nevertheless, actually, I'm a huge fan of cold calling. And why? Because it is the best possibility to build trust to your customer just within a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And sales is always between human beings and our voice is a perfect lever to establish a particular bond and also to create a convincing gut feeling. We always ask several open questions, let the customer talk and really try to identify how Rise with SAP could help this specific customer um, to improve their financial KPIs and also make the employees happier. That sounds interesting. And I, I want to bring back that you said that you like cold calling. Now, some folks uh, might feel like, oh, my God, how can anybody like a cold <laughs> calling? But, you know, that, that actually makes sense when you think about it as uh, establishing a bond with somebody, having a conversation with somebody, a real person, you know, they might be C-level, but that's a person who have their KPIs, who have their priorities, and we meet them midway and have a conversation that would be beneficial to them. Who wouldn't want that? So I can totally see why you do enjoy cold calling. But as we move closer to the end of the podcast, Enrico, I would like to touch upon the regional differences, right? You're on the MEE side. Now that I'm in a global role, this is something I have started to observe, the differences between the different regions. I uh, could be talking to a customer in India one day, then uh, talking to a customer in Africa the other day. That was literally my last two weeks. I'm not making this up. So I am already observing the differences one customer after the other. But I would love to get your take on it as well, because while motivating our customers towards digital innovation in the MEE region, what differences do you see? particularly in Europe and rest of the world with regards to the topic of innovation? (laughs) Oh, actually, there is a lot. But in terms of business um, improvement, I would like to mention the following. The Massachusetts Institute of Technology found out that over 50% of the 500 fortune firms, so the biggest companies on this planet, have vanished since 2000. And even worse, just 10% of the 500 most successful companies of 1955 have survived until today. So if you would like to stay ahead of your competition, you need to continuously adapt to changing market conditions. The well-known rule of nature, namely survival of the fittest, is truer today than it, it has ever been in business. You know... I have always been a fan of keeping um, proven traditions and values, but also combine them with fresh air innovations and also an open mind for improvement and future. Recently, I listened to a very inspiring speech 
what I would like to extract out of this is that our time in business is always limited. Don't be trapped by dogma and just live the results of your company's past. Have the courage to follow your heart and intuition for continuous change. And um, yeah, we always hear the same excuses as we don't have the right technology, we don't have enough time, we don't have the money. But for me, resources are never the real problem. It is more a lack of resourcefulness, a lack of inventiveness, why you have failed and why you will fail in yeah, the upcoming years. So the ultimate resources for me are more emotional states. We need creativity, decisiveness, and passion. And these are the ultimate human resources. When you engage these resources, you can get any other resource on earth. And I just um, don't want to claim that Rise with SAP is the universal solution for all business problems. I just want to stress that change and striving for improvement are absolutely necessary to be successful and to stay successful. Um, if you are not willing to accept this challenging and exhausting way of continuous improvement, someone else will stand up earlier and will overtake you earlier than expected. And last but not least, I would like to quote common studies of McKinsey and Deloitte because the European economy a century ago was the global powerhouse of innovation. But it has largely lost its edge. Europe has been outpaced by China and the United States. And there is a significant correlation between business success and focus on innovation. Europe's overall private investment in research and development is just 19% of the global total behind the United States at 28% and also China at 24%. And this trend is also applicable for the mid-market companies. Contrary to Europe, American mid-sized enterprises are increasingly prioritizing investments in technology by more than 15% on average in the last five years. So with technology, actually, I especially mean artificial intelligence, machine learning, predictive analytics. And this approach decisively helps the American mid-market to gain a competitive advantage, reskill their employees, and also redesign shops to seamlessly integrate people and machines. Finally, it is a matter close to my heart to motivate the European companies, especially the mid-sized enterprises to accelerate their business transformation with a stronger focus on innovation to start changing the game. No, absolutely. Wow. That, that, that was a ton, but all of it very, very useful because, you know, I think a few years, perhaps a decade ago, we could have said, oh, AI, machine learning. Uh, that's the fancy stuff. That's what the big companies do. That's what the big companies in America might do. But now it is for you too to move further, to keep innovating, to keep competing, and to keep winning. So exactly. with that said, Enrico, anything else that we have not already covered that you would like to share with our audience? And I know we'll be dropping a ton of show links. Where can our audience follow you, learn more about your work? <laughs> yes, for sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also send me a message on Instagram if you are a smaller partner or end customer. And if you prefer a more personalized atmosphere, my name there is Enrico underscore Schuch. 
I know it's very hard to pronounce for Americans. They always say Mr. Scotch, but this is also okay. So S-C-H-U-C-H. And now I feel like a blogger for the first time in my life, actually. <laughs> for right? That. Right, because uh, I think it's the first time anybody has ever dropped their Instagram on SAP Experts Podcast. So, hey, that's a first. With that said, thank you so much for joining us today, Enrico. It was such a pleasure having you. Actually, many thanks for having me today and giving me the possibility to share my thoughts. Thank you. Thank you.